You're listening to the ProcureTech Podcast, your weekly show for all that's cooking in the digital procurement space. Yes, we've got the hottest startups, thought leadership and conversation from visionary industry experts and definitely no stiff corporate content. I'm your host, James Meads, procurement pro, digital nomad and ProcureTech fanboy. And now here's this week's show. Yes, hello and welcome to another edition of the ProcureTech Podcast, where every episode we bring you everything that is fun, exciting and innovative in the digital procurement space. And in this episode, we're actually going to extend that a little bit and talk about supply chain and how that is very much intertwined with what's going on in procurement. We're continuing with our series of interviewing industry experts and thought leaders to get their take on procurement and especially digital procurement at large. So I'd like to welcome onto today's show a big personality in the supply chain space, got a YouTube channel with almost 10,000 subscribers, got online courses, has got a complete resource platform out there. Uh, Dr. Mudassir Ahmed, uh, or the SCM Dojo as you go by these days. Uh, Welcome to the show. Thank you very, very much, James, for having us. And I would like to say what you have done with procurement software and procure tech in general. It's pretty inspiring. Happy to be here. And let's talk about our favorite topic, which is supply chain procurement and technology. So thank you for having me. Great introduction. And you're the first, let me say, British person who announced my name very correctly. So (laughs) I grew up close to Birmingham, so I had plenty of practice. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So how did you, how did you get into what you're doing now? Because you, you you like me have got a background in in corporate. So maybe just walk us through a little bit of your your sort of work history and to how you got here, and then we can dive in and talk a little bit about procurement and supply chain tech. Yeah, cool, cool. I think the, the quick journey would be did my engineering like most people in subcontinent. You know, want to uh, study abroad, went to Sweden, did my master's management of production and supply chain. This is where I got to learn what I basically like supply chain in general. Then got my PhD scholarship to UK, Lancaster. And basically I went to Manchester Bolton and then they moved me to Birmingham. So I spent 12 years in Birmingham. I have a house. I work for a company called Eaton. So I'm a hardcore supply chain manufacturing guy, right? Eaton, and they're automotive, here. aren't they? Or, exactly. or a lot of automotive, automotive, electrical, aerospace, hydraulics. So I almost work in all, all the divisions, right? So they were, I think, one of the best companies I've worked for. Actually, I only work for two companies, so they're very good to me. I'm essentially an Eaton product, if you ask me. Got very hands-on supply chain people, so learn all the art of manufacturing there. Basically, I started as a, you know, literally a demand planner, materials manager, supply chain manager, division supply chain manager. So done all the job, even I worked on as a manufacturing manager. So the point is, doing all that, I did my PhD. So I didn't have a time to do anything. Once I finished in 2015, I realized the content of the supply chain is pretty archaic in nature. But at that point, the, the content on, if you take FinTech or digital marketing was pretty attractive. Like they write, uh, you know, how to, you know, optimize your website or, you know, 12 tips, how to become, a, you know, Instagram star and things like this. And I'm thinking, I like this style because, you know, you have to be more, you know, punchy list. So if you see all my blogs, it's very list, you know, 18 ways how to reduce inventory, seven ways how can you improve demand forecast. And you remember all that kind of stuff. So I'll start with a blog named Mudasirism, just to, with the intentions to help people. And then it's, it's resonated with people because it's, it's again, bite-sized content, right? So move to, so one of my Eaton bosses moved to Dubai 
and he took me as a you know head of planning and operations. So I was working for Bridgestone, and I changed my brand name. And because Budhasrizam was very personal, and lot other people wants to basically focus. So I changed the name in July 2018 to SCM Dujo. So supply chain management Dujo is a Japanese word which means place to stay and meditate. Because that's what we do. We want to help our supply chain community is to give them knowledge, content, tools, best practices. Basically, to help them survive and thrive. So we are not the hero; you are the hero, and we are a guide to help. Right. So that's our whole vision, vision and mission here. So change the name, and then I like this. I want to do this at the full time, but I don't know how to do business. But I continue to create content. Started a YouTube channel in I think nineteen. Thanks to COVID, it has really gone up. So right now, I think SCM Dujo is one of the I think it's top ten website traffic wide. We get fifty thousand people every 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 month. In fact. Our YouTube channel is growing, as you said, about ten thousand. And our core competency is supply chain content, right? So we have a full-time videographer, almost full-time content writer. I'm fully focused on content. We're developing a lot of, you know, let's call it best practices and tools. We're going to talk about that. Is to help the supply chain community to do better, to be better, to be more successful. So that's our mission and mission. That's why we ended. So last year, I took the biggest probably risk of my job. I have a very well-paid job. You know, I was head of planning. You know. People think I'm crazy, right? Because you got to do something crazy to fulfill your dreams. You only live once, right? So left my job. There's only two people I have to convince, which is my mother and my my wife. I convince both of them, and they allow <laughs> me to take a risk. And hopefully, with the support of people like you and and supply chain community, I hope that we SCM Dujo will survive and continue to serve you. Yeah, and the one tip, and for someone that's done that as well. When was it? End of 2018, I did it and did a bit of freelancing in between. But the one tip that we can give anyone is make sure you've got some savings, right? Because yes, yes, it takes, yes, it yes. takes time. It definitely it takes, takes time. time. So with what you're doing now with SCM Dojo and with all of the content that you've created and over the time that you've had in corporate, how has procurement or perhaps wider supply chain technology impacted you both in the corporate world and and with what you're seeing now with what seems to be now a flurry of startups, you know, especially since about 2016, 17, coming into the space and disrupting what's been out there for years and years? So uh, I have a theory here, and I think uh, the, the, the supply chain technology space, let, if you compare it with digital marketing of fintech, we are decade behind, minimum decade, could yeah. be 1.5 decade behind, right? Which is not a good thing. And I actually, uh, and I get criticized sometimes by the big uh, ERP provider, like I would say all the big ERP provider like Oracle or SAP have single-handedly slowed down our progression, right? Because they almost capture between four of them, 80% of the market, right? If you could start, I mean, SAP, HANA is still not accessible to people. I mean, we should be on cloud 10 years ago. Anyway, but by this, I think people realize that supply chain need to go on a digital platform, and then the eighty-seven million dollars have been invested in five in last basically five years. But the downside of that is most of them is done by the people who are not really supply chain people; they are software people, right? With all due respect, they are very, very good at making very good software, and I'm almost an advisor and consultant to few of them already. I mean, I promote all of them, but they are not the because the the difference between fintech and digital marketing, you can almost do a soft software which can be used by most of the companies. Supply chain doesn't work like that, right? The thing is every supply chain, even though the basic tools and processes are are, are pretty pretty fixed, but it's it's very vertical driven and it's very customized to their own business model, right? So it takes a bit of consultation to get to the point the, the software, whatever you're generating is there. So the 
to answer your question uh, i think the most of the corporates are for me is 10 years late but better late than never but because of the full flurry what happened is there isn't a good guide available that which software to use how to use it what to customize right because everybody wants to go this saas route but saas so this as you know you're into procurement space there's two kind of model you go 100% saas which is you drive a lead do the free model and get the muse or you go enterprise consulting model which is generally used by the erp players right yeah i think that what's what supply chain needs is something in between you can't go full saas and you can't go full enterprise because enterprise takes millions of dollars 20 consultant and not everybody have a budget right so we need to we need to do that so 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 the need is there so there's two problems says even though all the supply chain leaders or people wants to work wants to jump on this bandwagon of less data like supply chain but they do not understand where to start first problem right the second problem is okay if they want to do it but they don't know where to start the what area to focus where supply chain is a big spectrum so let me explain on expand on both so so where to so where to start means but you need to understand the concept of what does digitalized mean so I've, in fact then a course on this you can go and, and and look but the synopsis of the course is following there's a difference between digitization digitalization and digital transformation an easy thing you can take any paperwork process let's call it your packing list or bill of lading and stuff you can digitalize it that you can send through emails or docu sign and all that but how you transform your business to drive either internal efficiencies that means you save time for people or external efficiencies means you can create a better customer experience right or or that means provide better customer service you know better agility whatever so so so, so the data digitalization effort needs to do one at least ideally do both or at least one of them so that needs to be defined first right so you need to know what you want to transform right so that question because everybody jump on the technology oh let's do ai let's do rpa let's do i don't know let's uh, deploy cloud but they don't know that each technology of has a certain specific application so blockchain where you need more secure processes you know more end to end data if you want to go more visibility then you have to go more iot route for example right if you more more integration you have to go more cloud computing route if you want to increase your 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 for example your R&D of 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 prototyping then you have to go 3D printing for example so each technology has a specific application there is no one size fits all so that awareness needs to be created so SMD is doing that i know you are doing that right so that's needs to happen that's the first part second thing is you have to standardize to digitalize you would not able to, you can spend millions of dollars you can use online project 44 copa all that but if you don't have the standard processes you will not see roi you got to do that and this is where the consultation come in i mean i can talk about this for next one hour so i'll just stop here <laughs> and that is i mean people change management is always going to be a factor that will enable your digital transformation to succeed or or fail but there is obviously an element of the technology as well that you know you can implement the best technology but with poor change management it will fail but likewise you know you can to some extent implement a, a crappy platform with good change management and see a, an element of success but i would always argue that while that may be to some extent correct choosing the right platform that suppliers and stakeholders are like internally 
want to use, you know, especially if it's something that does something a bit more operational or transactional. You know, if we're talking about spend analytics or, or e-sourcing, it's, it's only procurement or maybe finance that use it. Likewise, with things like inventory planning, it's only going to be someone that works in SNOP that uses it. It's not going to be someone that's in the shipping department. UI and UX is a major thing here, isn't it? And you hit on you hit on it a lot about the ERP platforms not being particularly innovative and maybe stifling some of the technological developments. Is there is the one area specifically in particularly in the areas of procurement that that sort of cross over and touch supply chain where you feel that technological developments will have or or indeed are having at the moment the biggest potential impact? Before I I answer this, I think there's one word you use is choosing, I think, uh, how to select the platform, right? So let's focus on this word, the process of selection. So historically, especially in big corporations, they have two problems. All the software is selected by IT people, right? They are, or they are involved. Yeah. Second, they've got this huge issue of security. You have to go through this four months or five months of security. So for example, if you go to big companies like Schneider or even Bridgestone, right? right I work for one of them. Your software is the best, right? But you can't get through before they go through the four months of security checks. That is too long. That adoption is too long. That needs to be cut down, right? I don't know how we're going to do that. Maybe the software guys need to do a better job. But before that, who's, select, who's making that decision of what technology or the platform we go for? Is this ID folks or it is supply chain folks? And in my view, it has to be supply chain procurement folks who should be making a decision. Right. Okay. This is a technology we need to go for. Do they have the right understanding? I mean, you know more than me. Most of the people don't have the right understanding to make the right decision which platform because it all comes down to the price. Price comes later. You need to see that the how the UX and UI, as you mentioned, and the integration with your current ERP is good enough so the transfer of the data is seamless. So it it gives you this experience. Right. So, so that decision-making and the process of decision-making is important. And I know you are working on this and on your website and kudos to you to do more work on this. So once that happens and you make the decision, so where we are making a biggest impact, and I, in my experience, even though we are, I've seen, see, people don't want to like to use multiple platforms. Like I, if I'm a supply chain manager, I want to do everything into one platform, Right. If I have to use four different platforms to do RFQ, procurement, and spend analytics, then use my ERP to create my purchase orders, and then basically track my shipment somewhere else, and then somebody you know, else is going to give me visibility. I'm using four different platforms. You're asking me too much to do, right? So eventually what will happen is the platforms which are going to offer most of these, let's call it, applications into what architecture will win. Right now is the is a race. Everybody was running to come first, but that's just naturally happening. So, I would say biggest impact in terms of procurement I have seen. With all due respect, I think people start using Copa and similar software, but it dies down eventually, right? Because they just they can't do everything in this one software, right? Okay, so so I have not seen any successful impact of the software in my experience. The company I work for. Right. So I'm not going to exaggerate about it. However, if you go on the, because I'm a supply chain guy, right? I've never been a procurement director or, or, or a CPO and stuff. But I have seen people using, for example, demand solutions of Forecast Pro or, or Slim Stock. But again, 
they are once in a month activity happens outside in a you know in a SOP process, right? But but in that one, if in fact the procurement guys hardly get involved, and I'm saying you know you guys need to understand how the software is creating a demand forecast or doing the inventory optimization because it's going to impact your spend. Because it's going to impact your spend. Therefore, whatever pricing you have scheduled and contracts you got in place is gonna is gonna is gonna be disrupted. So the bigger problem is. That the supply chain guys and logistics guys, they're using own softwares, but they're not talking to the procurement softwares, right? Which, in my view, they should. A couple of things I'd love to pick up on there. So I think Cooper is probably the only one right now that is actively pursuing a strategy of implementing supply chain software and procurement software in one platform. You know, LlamaSoft was the big acquisition they yes. did in that space, yes, right? Yes. Cooper's obviously an enterprise-level platform, but... You hit on the fact that supply chain managers or even procurement people for that, for that, to that extent would, are not keen to work in multiple platforms. And I would broadly agree with you, but I do think that if they're getting the benefit of a better user experience and less training and onboarding requirements to be able to use the software, especially if it's something that stakeholders need to use as well, I would argue that then that perhaps they would be more open to do it. But I do, I do think that we are going down the route that even these best of breed platforms now are branching out and going towards a more modular structure. And, 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 I, and I think it's just, it's a little bit like these new players are starting to replace the older legacy players that are just too expensive. They move too slow. It's built on an old tech stack. It's built on a, you know, selling it to major enterprises. I just think it's starting to trickle down more now, and that tech is more accessible to, you know, the audience that I tend to go after, which is, you know, medium-sized businesses or smaller businesses that don't have the budget to buy something like a Cooper or an Ariba or a, a Jagger or, or, you know, any of these big enterprise suites. And I do agree with you that that same problem is going to happen. That users are going to demand that the software has more functionality so as they don't need as many platforms. But nonetheless, I do think the price point is coming down too. Um, so, so, so one is the price point. And second, you've already mentioned this modular functionality. Yeah. Right? That is, that is super important, right? Because, for example, if you're offering me any software, because, for example, you're offering me, uh, there's a CRM software, there is a contract software, spend analytics, RFQ flows, just looking to procurement. I might not need all of them. I just want to use two of them, right? But why are you giving me the whole shebang when I just need two of them? Secondly, I just don't want to use all of them. Maybe I do my RFQs every month, but my contract management software, I use every six months or three months. I like to use it, but every three months. Then I don't want to pay for every month because I'm not going to use it, okay? So this intention, let's get all the money annually, is not going to go down well. And, and actually medium medium future, not long-term future. So it has to be, the pricing should be done on pay, kind of pay-as-you-go model or on-demand pricing model, right? Because if whoever comes up with that, and that's what we are doing to be the same dojo, we have a monthly kind of on-demand pricing, pay-as-you-go, that will play a huge, I think, play a huge role in the adoption of those offers, in my view. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if any companies do develop that. I mean, at the very, very low end, you are seeing month-to-month sort of software-as-a-service type of pricing per per license or uh, um, silver, gold, and platinum type of packages, depending on the functionality. 
you know, whether we see that come in at the higher end, I'm, yeah, I'm, ex- I'm, I'm excited to see that if it does happen, but we will see. Yeah, I'm not, not convinced it will happen just yet, but let's wait and see. No, but do you, do, do, do you see that it has a role to play in terms of adoption? I, I do, yeah, because I think you're right that, you know, depending on what you want the software to do, e-sourcing is a great example. If, you know, coming from somewhere like Bridgestone or, or Eaton, if if 80% of what you're buying is direct materials, then, you know, you probably don't need a detailed contract management tool because that's generally for indirect spend, professional services, that type of thing. But you are going to probably need a good demand forecasting and, and e-sourcing platform and um, and sort of risk management market intel tool, especially if you're you know, sourcing from from some more sketchy geopolitical areas with some of your raw materials. So yeah, no, I completely get that. It's um, being able to pick, being able to cherry pick, even if it means paying a little bit more than if you bought the whole suite. I do think has some legs to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Hey, so just a quick interlude to let you know about procurementsoftware.site. This is a new website that I recently launched to give you, the listener, a free-to-access intuitive guide to digital procurement technology. You can filter on a multitude of different criteria and pick out a short list of procurement software solutions that are relevant to your business and your needs in less time than it takes to boil an egg. No corporate subscriptions, no complex jargon, and definitely no pay-to-play model. We are a completely transparent, open book, and we really want to get your feedback on what we can really do to make this user experience better and constantly improve so as we're providing value to you. Check out procurementsoftware.site. And now let's get right back to this week's podcast. So just before we wrap this up, just talk to me a little bit about SCM Dojo because I, I love what you're doing here because I think it's, it is challenging some of the more traditional roots of getting an education or of getting a qualification you know, in this space with a lot of the content and you branching out now into doing sort of online courses and monthly memberships. I do think that it's, just, it's disrupting what's out there and that a lot of these industry associations have maybe been caught asleep at the wheel a little bit because there isn't really what you're doing out there other than, you know, watching YouTube or reading, you know, blogs and content from some of the software solutions providers. So just talk a little bit about your business model and how you think that fits into, you know, the wider the, the, the wider topic of educating people that are coming into the industry that are going to have to have, as you said, a completely different skill set to what someone coming into procurement or supply chain 15 years ago would have. Okay, so in, in SCM Dojo strategy, I've got three levels. I'm going to explain one and two right now, phase one and phase two. Phase three, I don't think people are ready or I'm not sure I'm ready to explain, but there, there is there. But let me explain phase one. So phase one is what you just explained. People see us as knowledge platform they do not see us as a solutions platform. But our tagline is knowledge and solution. There's a reason for that. So, so right now, you're right. And I think, and I firmly believe, right, since the advent of Google, knowledge should be free, right? It is free. If you are actually good in Googling, you can almost any topic you want. You just need to spend three hours, but you will actually learn a lot. 
right? What we're trying to do here, we're trying to bring experts in because I'm not an expert on everything. For example, you're not an expert on everything, but there are a lot of people experts. So we are spending, I've spent a lot of money, more than $25,000 of my personal money to bring experts and creating those courses, which is bite-sized, one hour maximum, giving you a knowledge almost for every topic you need. So we have a supply chain measure pathway recorded, procurement measure pathway, logistics measure pathway, which is optimization. And I'm going to personally record uh, uh, SNOP or supply, uh, yeah, demand planner pathway. This yeah. pathway have modular courses, very much LinkedIn style. But our quality is better than LinkedIn because it's a subject matter expert who is doing it, right? And it's very, very affordable price, yeah? It's less than basically a cost of a night out. I mean, cost night out is going to cost you more. So we are, again, it's modular and, and it's also you subscribe on a monthly basis and uh, we have recorded 30 courses by end of next year, we can have 50 courses which will make us the biggest library of a supply chain content, right? So if you, you, if you are a supply chain director and CPO, you can get us in. And in fact, we can tell who has learned it, how much they have learned it and where they are. The thing is, you can go and pay with all your respect, SIPs and Apex and have done a great job, not Apex, ASCM now, but you can pay $4,000 to them, but you don't know where, where they are unless they pass the exam, which is far too late. And by the time they pass the exam, they're moving to a next job. And then all the money you spend is basically only looking good for their CV. So you don't see ROI. In our case, you will see immediate ROI and it's happening with our customers right now. So we're putting through people. See, courses is one thing, but to develop the competency, which every manager leader will say, yeah, people is our asset and we should develop them. But how are you measuring the ROI and how you actually show? So to develop, I have this three, let's call it Venn diagram, right? So to, to develop supply chain capability, you need three things. You need to have a core technical knowledge, which is your sourcing, your contract management, your demand planning, supply planning, logistics. Yeah, all that. We have got all of this covered. But the second is the, the second part is the human skills, I would call it. Your communication, your presentation, how you interact with people, how you manage up, how you... So we have an expert coming in doing that. So you will see a course on communication. You, in fact, see a course how to improve your LinkedIn profile because LinkedIn is basically going to make your brand and your company a brand. Yeah. We have a course from one guy who's actually going to tell you how to do a better presentation because we... we the, and they are all actually not... They are all actually supply chain people who's going to teach you from a supply chain perspective. So that's the second circle we have. The third circle, which is more important right now in terms of the emerging capability, is the uh, digitalization part, right? So as I mentioned, so I have a course on digitalization. I'm going to do, do, do more. There's a one girl coming in. Uh, I'm going to do a course on supply chain network design and what software to use. So we are very much focused on the technology part from the beginning. So, which I think gave us the competitive advantage from other, let's call it, education content provider. All of these three spheres are gonna make, gonna give you the, let's call it, knowledge content. But this is where not the development finish. Development actually comes, happens by mentoring and coaching, talking to an expert, talking to senior people. So, if you go and look our membership, mentoring and coaching is a part of that plan. So, we have a monthly mentoring calls for our all paid members. I personally do it and I bring in one of my experts to basically answer the question. So we have a call literally on the 20th, I think uh, on the 16th of August, right? Where we have a mentoring, it's an open call. You come up with the problem, come up with your issues and we, we will try to answer it, right? Because this is how you how you learn better. The third part we have in, in development is tools. How you self-assessment where you are. So we have a self-assessment tools right now, literally it's for free. You go and, you know, pick materials management competencies or warehousing competencies, and it will give you a spider diagram, which consultant basically charge thousands of dollars. It's, it's almost free in our platform. So we're giving everything possible to develop the supply chain competencies. So phase one 
is up and running. But that's not the vision. Then what we're actually doing is we are creating first ever supply chain expert marketplace. So that's the development of the design happening as we speak. So I'm working with my developers, creating that. And I already have 20 expert lineup. The aim is to have 100 by the end of this year, maybe 200 by the next year. And those will be the subject matter experts. You can hire them for one-to-one coaching. You can hire them for group training classes. You can hire them for a phone call and book their time. Because not all those experts are easily available. I mean, you can find them on LinkedIn. Good luck finding and contacting them and paying them and whatever. So you're almost going to package the expertise, which is service like a product kind of concept. So, so our platform will become, in fact, the true platform of knowledge and solution expertise. So this is phase one, which is up and running right now. Phase two in development. Hopefully it will be live end of this year. Phase three, I cannot tell you as we speak. So that's a bit secret. And for anyone that's done something similar, we all know that developing and launching something like that takes probably three times more time than you plan. I've been there. Absolutely. <laughs> So if anyone would like to learn more about what you're doing or maybe join your supply chain revolution that you're putting through with SCM Dojo, where's the best place that people can uh, get in touch with you? That's it. I'm on LinkedIn. Just go to at SCM Dojo is our handle on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter Twitter everywhere, right? So just message us. You can find and visit our website, yeah, scmdojo.com. And we, we have a chat bot there. It's actually not a chat bot. There's a live person sitting there full time. So if you drop a question on our chat box, we are happy to answer any questions. But before we finish, I want to touch one topic and and and, and take your uh, and I'll take uh, your input on this. So we have got, I think, when we are trying to you know develop people or talking about technology, technology alone is important, right? So design thinking, innovation, all the tech RP, etc. So that's one thing. Then there's a procurement soft skills, which I think very established in the procurement community. Then there's a hard skills as well. And there's like SOPs, right? Our intention is to cover all of that in one platform. So we want to give the technology part. We want to train you on the hard skills and the soft skills, right? And most importantly, which is, again, let me allow me to say, this is where we make most money because the experts and myself are creating best practice, standard policies and procedure, which you, you can go and download and start using it. If you're a consultant, by all means, you can go and download and buy and customize and sell it if you're good enough to sell it. I don't mind, actually. The point is, that is also the part of the package that you can get the standard best practices and tools. Right now, we got about 29 and we're going to continue to add every month, right? So this is our plan. So if you're, if you're listening to this podcast, podcast, if you're a procurement expert, supply chain expert, get in touch. And we are, as I said, we are marketplace means you create as, you know standard policies and procedure. You make money, we make money and help supply chain procurement community. Awesome. And hopefully be able to announce something pretty exciting soon about what we're going to do together in that space, but can't just yet because we still need to put the, uh, to put the, uh, the dot the I's and cross the T's. But, uh, yeah, watch this space. Uh, Modesia, thank you so much for coming on. You're a wealth of knowledge and big personality and love speaking to you whenever we touch base. So uh, appreciate you coming on the show and, uh, yeah, good luck with everything that you're doing. Thank you very much. And I think I'm pretty excited to what you do. I think what you do is needed right now. You're making complex things simple. So congratulations to the procurement software site. Well done. Thank you for having me. So SCM Dojo, if you want to find out more, we'll link to everything in the show notes. Thank you again for listening to the podcast. We know there are lots of other procurement podcasts out there in this space. Some of them are actually pretty good. So we appreciate you inserting us into your earballs today. Thanks again. Speak to you next time. Until then, take care and bye for now.